as Christians, as those that declare that we have Jesus as our Lord and Savior, the greatest influencer needs to be the Word of God in our lives. Amen? The reason why is because the author of Hebrews has been arguing throughout whole chapter 4. If you could shoot that little picture up, Lee. His desire, really revealing to the readers God's will for our lives, is that we would be people of obedience. Obedience that's birthed out of true faith in God. And we would be headed in the direction of what he calls rest. For our purposes, it means heaven that we would have this focus, that we would align our will with God's will and live lives of trusting in God and obeying him as we are headed towards the focus and goal and purpose of our lives, which is to live for eternity. Okay? And what he's arguing for is that we have so many influences, so you need the word of God to be the greatest influencer in your life if you want to do this well. So, I don't know if you've ever read this verse, verse 12, but this is not a nice conversation or a suggestion about the, God, the Word of God. It's not. It's not like, oh, yeah, the Word of God is so nice. No, it's a warning. It's an exhortation that you need God's Word to journey well as brothers and sisters. You need to have the Word of God be the greatest influencer in your life to be victorious and to walk in a way that honors God. Okay, so that's where we're headed. And so the author is going to let us know why it ought to be the greatest influencer. All right, you with me? All right, thank you. Okay. You know, I'm going to keep doing this and hope that it just gets better as we go along, but thank you for the few of you that answer. So why should it be the greatest influencer in our lives? Because, point one, because the word of God, it's living and active. Meaning God's word imparts renewed life to the saints. If you read 1 Peter 1.23, says this, You have been born again, not of perishable seed, but of imperishable, through the living and abiding word of God. Meaning, God's word, not that we idolize it, but when God's word is communicated to us, illuminated by the Holy Spirit, it speaks new life into us spiritually. And if you know God, you know that experience and how wonderful that is. But as important, not only does it breathe new life into us, it sustains life spiritually for us. I want you to know something. If you are a Christian and you are not in God's word, you will spiritually you don't stay stagnant. You die. Because it is literally our spiritual food for us to grow and to live. There was a guy named Greg Pryor. I don't know if you've ever heard of this guy. Here's a picture of him. He did an experiment. He decided as a health nut, he was about 168 pounds, he decided to drink 10 Cokes a day for 30 days just to see what would happen. Okay? because he wanted to teach his kids how bad sugar was, okay? So this is what happened in his life. He said two weeks in, his body fat increased 50%. He gained 13 pounds. His ankles, his knees were all swollen. His face would be swollen. He would be thirsty constantly. His blood pressure went up 
from 129 over 77 to 145, 96. This is in two weeks. Okay? He said when he finished, he felt like he was going to die. That there were times where he had trouble breathing. He said he had to urinate all the time. I'm not sure because, I don't know if he drank too much Coke, or I don't know if that's a part of the Coke process, but taking in things, what is that going to produce? Nothing good. It starts to kill in you and starts to do things in you that you don't want your body to do. Spiritually, Jesus, when being tempted by Satan, he said similarly in Matthew 4.4, he's quoting Deuteronomy 8.3, he says, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Meaning, as much as we need a healthy diet and we need physical good food to live physically, we are spiritual beings, and if we do not intake the word of God, we will spiritually die. See, we are feeding ourselves constantly with stuff. And if it's just the quote-unquote cokes of our world, if it's the influences that are not spiritual, that do not point us to God, you will struggle to walk with the Lord. Having gone to retreats and spoken to people, doing some counseling, Christians, you know, a lot of things that I hear, you know, things like feel very spiritually I, I don't feel like God is around a lot of times when I hear that one of the first questions I'll ask them this is something maybe you can meditate on you can help others that maybe you run into that feel that way one of the things I ask them is, how is your time are you in God's word because if you're not, to assume that you'll be spiritually well is just incorrect biblically. It just doesn't work. You see, I want to just, I, I, I just be honest right now. If you've grown up in the church, and you, for some reason, you're sitting here today, and you think to yourself, I'm fine. I haven't been in God's word for a while. I'm fine. You're buying into a lie from Satan. I'm just going to tell you right now, to walk victoriously. This is why King David, in Psalm 19.7, he says, the law of the Lord, talking about the word, is perfect and it restores the soul. It uplifts our spirit and points us in the right direction. You need the word of God because it breathes life. It sustains spiritual vitality in you and I. So, real quick question. Just for accountability's sake, maybe you turn to the person next to you. How has your time in the Word of God been in the last couple of weeks? Do you mind being honest and just kind of sharing that together? Go ahead, real quick, together. All right. I'm not going to ask. I know how it's been. Like, but, you know, if it's been a struggle for maybe a couple of weeks, look, there's no judgment here. We go through stuff. Sometimes we get really busy. I'm just going to tell you right now, it's been months. Maybe it's like a year. 
to assume that spiritually you're going to be focused on godly things. And if you think that just coming to church once a week is going to fill that boat, you're starving spiritually. See, this is a warning. This is an exhortation from the author of Hebrews to the people of God. It's not a nice suggestion like, hey, read God's word. It's good. No, it's like literally, you better get it. This is life for you and I. And if you are not in it, you are, you are just missing it. So we need it because it gives life. The second part, it says God's word is active. We get the English word energy from the Greek word. It means that the word of God is effectual, meaning it accomplishes what God intends to do with it. If you read Isaiah 55, 11, it says this, my word be that goes from my mouth, it shall not return to me empty, but it shall accomplish that which I purpose and shall succeed in the thing for which I sent it, right? This is addressing sometimes, and I know we all go through this, you read God's word because you're reminded that you should be doing it and it does nothing for you. God's promise for you is that if you just stay in God's word, constantly get in it, God will work. It will be effectual spiritually in your life, and he will work a purpose in you that he desires. If you just stay in it, and you constantly read it, study it, meditate it, and you commit yourself to it. And sometimes it takes years, and sometimes you don't even notice it, but as you stay in God's word, God's word, his promise is that it's effectual. Have you ever seen this in your own life or a person you know? Anyone? Yes? Okay, if it's a no, that's fine. Okay, but if it's a yes, do you mind? Yeah, yeah, kind of? The, the living illustration in my life is, uh, you know, my father. And I've shared many times, uh, you know, during the, my early years of my life, my dad was horrible. He met God in about 25 years. And he is a completely different man today. And I'm going to tell you why. It's not because he's like fantastic and he just does well. All the, it's not. I'm going to tell you right now. Ever since he received Christ, 6 a.m. every morning, he turns on some weird Korean, you know, like, you know, like music, you know, worship music. And he starts reading God's word. Every day. I've been at Vegas with him because he does magic shows with his business. So I had to go help him. And I'm sitting there in Vegas, 6 a.m., wake up, you could be resting. You don't need to wake up at 6. Wake up at 8, 6 a.m. Wakes up every morning, turns on his music, and reads God's word. He's a different man today than he was 25 years ago. And I believe it's because God's word is effectual. His word, God promises, will produce in you Christ's likeness that you cannot do on your own. And that's his promise. And so... Why do you need it? Because we are powerless without it. But with God's word, it affects in us stuff, beautiful spiritual fruit that we need. If you take a look at the second point, in the latter part of verse 12 and 13, it tells us that we need it also because the word of God is like a sword that cuts, pierces, discerns true thoughts and intentions. Read with me. In verse 12 it says, it is sharper than any two-edged sword, 
piercing to the division of soul and of spirit, of joints and of marrow, and discerning the thoughts and intentions of the heart. And no creature is hidden from his sight, but all are naked and exposed to the eyes of him to whom we must give account. Once again, it's a warning. Everyone will stand before God. Everyone must give an account. And what this is saying, some people, they try to microanalyze this for a second. Ooh, soul and spirit. I wonder why he used it. That's not the point. The point is literally God's word is so sharp. It digs deep. It cuts deep so that we understand our true intentions. God reveals that in us. It is a revealer of heart. It's a heart Surgery, spiritually, when we come in contact with God's word. Now, why do we need this? Because God knows that his people like to fake it. That's why. Look, I'm just going to tell you right now. I've been in the church for a long time. I could fake a good Christian guy anytime I want, man. I'm just going to be honest as a pastor here. You know, I could feel like I don't want to be at church. I could feel like I don't want to worship. And then I see someone, and maybe some of you, like, hey, Pastor John, how's it going? All blessed, brother. See, God knows we fake a good game. And the scariest part is this. Sometimes we don't even know that we're. when we come in contact with God's word, it starts to reveal, it starts to cut, and it starts to do surgery on you spiritually. And all of a sudden, you walk away from God's word and you start thinking stuff that you never knew about yourself or God. You start thinking things like, you know what that fight I had with my wife? That was because I was prideful. Look, you never thought that. During the fight, afterwards, you're like, that woman... God needs to work in her, right? These are things you start thinking. And then the word of God pierces, cuts, and all of a sudden you start realizing, no, that was me. That was me because I could not recognize. Broken. Why do we need this? Because we are good at faking it. And the scariest part is if you think you're going to come before God and he's not going to know exactly your true intentions, Throughout our lives. Oh, you'll be sorely disappointed. See him face to face. The author of Hebrews is not trying to scare us, but he's trying to wake us up to say, you know why you need God's word? Because it needs to constantly remind you that you are in the wrong place. Look, look. Do you think the Pharisees woke up one day and was like, I love being legalistic, man. It's great. No. It was this slow process. They probably started with this passion to love God, to want to follow him, and all of a sudden, because they were not constantly, inwardly doing the surgery that was required, they found themselves very far from Christ. So much so that Jesus came, and to the religious folks, he looked at them and said, you are not in the right place. This is what he says to them. 
In Matthew 23, 26, he says, you blind Pharisee. Think about those powerful words. Why does he call them blind? Because they cannot see who they truly are. He says, you blind Pharisee, first clean the inside of the cup and the plate that the outside also may be clean. Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you are like whitewashed tombs, which outwardly appear beautiful, but within are full of dead people's bones and all So you also outwardly appear righteous to others. Within you are full of hypocrisy and lawlessness. The word of God needs to reveal, cut, so we don't find ourselves later down the line having faked it so long that we are so far from what we need to be doing to honor God. You know, the word here, all are naked and exposed to the eyes of him. That word expose is a very strong word. It's like a wrestler who pulls the neck back to cut or slit or to kill the person. What it's meant for you to understand is that it, it means that the word of God makes you very vulnerable. And that's what we need at times. The word to remind us that we don't have it all together. We need to come before God and say, God, look, I can fake it with my family and friends, but you know. You know how much I need you. You know how much I need you to work in my heart, in my mind, and in my life. Let the word dig deep and bear the fruit. Look, we live in a very blessed country, don't we? We have freedom to just gather like this and to have the word of God at our disposal. We have podcasts where you can listen to so many wonderful speakers that are better than me at any moment of the day. We have way more than one Bible in our households. How many of you guys have more than 10 Bibles? Anyone? Is it me and Scott? Yeah. So Scott used to be an ex-pastor, so maybe that's why. And these are all blessings, but I believe it's done something uh, kind of negative. We've lost the high regard we ought to have for the Bible. You know, when you go to other countries that don't have exposure or accessibility to the Word of God, they treasure it. I want to show you a little clip to just make sure that we are reminded of the wonderful privilege that we have to have the Word of God at our disposal all the time. This is in a remote area of China. And some of these people are getting the Bible for the first time. Take a look. I just want to remind you that we have the greatest resource and the spiritual treasure at our disposal all the time. Take it for granted. Because, once again, this is not a nice suggestion. We need this. We're in a constant spiritual battle every single day. If 
for you to lead your family well, do well in your marriage, to walk well with the Lord, so that one day we'll get to heaven to give an account and he will look at us and say, you weren't perfect, but man, you gave your best shot. need the word of God in our lives. And I don't even care how you do it. But you need to do it. So, married couples, read the Bible together. Have family worship. I don't care how you do it. You get involved. You do it together. You're like, well, my husband is not a Christian. Okay, get together with some sisters. Do it together. You have a long commute. Listen to podcasts. Whatever it is, You need to get it into your hands so that we stay on that victorious path to walk in a way that honors Christ. Because we have the greatest resource available to us. It's God's love letter to us. And may it be the greatest influencer in all of our lives. Amen? All right, let's pray together.